0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will be focusing on the benefits of being part of the church. Jesus loved, lived, and died for the church. Not a building, organization, or even a system of theology. He did it for a group of people who would surrender sacrifice and sell out totally for Him and become His faithful followers and seekers of His will for all their lives. Our scripture text comes from Matthew chapter 16 and starting in verse 18. Today's message is entitled, Benefits of Your Being a Part of the Church, Why I Love the Church.
1: This morning I'm speaking to you a message entitled, Why I Love the Church, Why I love the church. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read this verse together. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. Verse 18, Matthew 16. And if you could stand with me for the reading of God's Word, and we're just going to read this out loud together. I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to speak it, see it, so you get at least three sensory things going there. Feel it, see it, hear it, touch it. Matthew 16, verse number 18. We're reading now the New King James Version this morning. And the Bible says, "Let's read this together." And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my, I will build my, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. I pray that in these next few moments, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will continue to do what only You could do, and that is to open our hearts to the truth. Of what you've created, you made, what you died for, what you gave your life for, that was your church, your people who've been called by your name. I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for what you are doing in their lives. And I pray that their hearts will be able to hear what you have to say to them. And God, we stand as a congregation, and again, and we pray for our nation this Civil Rights Weekend as we honor the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. We take just a moment to pray for those families that experienced this horrific act of violence last week in tucson we pray right now for the families that lost loved ones and this week they honored their lives through the ceremonies that took place we pray for those families the comfort of the holy spirit to be with them today we pray for those who were shot those who are recovering and we pray for gabby gifford lord our congressperson who was shot in the head and it just seems like it's a miraculous recovery that she's experiencing We believe the prayers of God's people have gone up for her all across this country. We ask right now for total healing in her body, Jesus. We ask for a mighty miracle to take place in her life. Jesus, we pray today for this nation to come together again, not rallied around a political organization, but about this sense, this reality, that we have been given these inalienable rights by our Creator, the the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness We pursue you today, Jesus, in your full plan for our lives. Bless your people today in your wonderful and mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's exciting to be here today. Three three times a charm, as they say. But actually, tonight, we're going to gather together again and uh, have our annual vision banquet. And I just can't wait. I am so excited to see what God's going to do. We're going to actually take it off the campus. We'll be a Root. 46. Someone was saying Route 66 earlier. Well, we're going to be at Route 46. And that's going to be a great time together. And then next Sunday, starting next Sunday night, our dramatic presentation of Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Be a part. It's going to be incredible what God's going to do on this campus. Well, I want to talk to you this morning just for a couple of minutes about why I love the church. But before I do that, I want to introduce to you this morning a young lady who has been really impacted by God this last year, and the church, and this local church, in particular, the Wide Open Ministry. And I want to welcome Alicia Green to the City Church platform. Can we give Alicia a great big hand this morning? Come on up, Alicia. Welcome. Awesome. Awesome. I got it right. Alicia, right? Okay, Alicia. I'll hold the mic. Look at that, man. She's ready to preach. She's grabbing that mic already. Well, Alicia, can you tell us how long you've been coming to City Church?
0: I was here, like, when it first
2: started at this church for okay, a little while. Okay, so about while. six years ago. And, and you're then you're I younger. stopped for a little while, and then I came back. So I've been back for, like, a year or so.
1: About a year. Okay. Yeah. And you attend high school, or you in school? Um,
2: I go to high school and college at the same time.
1: Okay, so you're at Seminole. And, and Seminole State College. You're at Seminole, the double symbol. Awesome, yeah. Alicia. So can you just maybe tell us something that's happened in your life over the last year, kind of what God's done in your life being part of this church? Tell us what's happening.
2: um I've just grown to be like a lot nicer and to love people more, and to really just um, show people who um, God really is, and to open my mouth more and to okay. share.
1: So you feel like you've discovered who God is yeah. while being here. Mm-hmm. You've really encountered Him. And you know that mm-hmm. He's real. Yeah. You want to tell other people about it. Yeah. Can you just tell you know everybody one thing that you're thankful today that God has done in your life in this last year since you've been at City Church?
2: Um, I'm thankful, one, that I'm still alive and I'm here and that my family is growing closer to God through me being here all the time. So,
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Alicia, thank you for coming. Let's give Alicia a great big time this morning. Amen, you may be seated. This is why I love the church. I love the church because people like Alicia Green have encountered God in a very real way. That's what I live for. I want to have a heart-to-heart. I just want to tell you in the next few moments why I love the church. And then i want to give you some ways that you can express your love for God through His church. I want to talk to you about why I love the church. The first reason that I love the church is because the church is the place that my life was radically transformed and changed. The church in the Bible, the word church in the Bible, is never associated with the building. The word church in the Bible literally In the Greek is ekklesia. It means out of. Out of and then gathered together. So out of something and then brought together. It's out of the world and then into a group of people who love God and who worship Jesus. My life was radically transformed in the church. I was on the highway to hell, literally. I was on the highway to hell and God touched my heart changed my life. And it was through the prayers of God's church and God's people that my life literally was radically transformed. I was literally from the highway to hell. God set me on the king's highway to the highway of heaven. Everyone said amen. I love the church. The second reason that I love the church is because in the church, I found, other than my salvation, I found the greatest gift that any man could ever find. I found my beautiful wife, Laura Jean Loy, now Smith. I found her in the church. You're single. Don't be looking out there in the world in the bar. Don't be doing that. I mean, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And I found my wife in the church. greatest gift that God God could have given me. And just the perfect person for me. We met. I mean, there was just this instantaneous. She was the magnet. I was the steel and But there was so much in common. But the number one thing we had in common is that we both loved God with all of our heart. And we wanted to serve God's purposes in our generation. So I love the church. Another reason that I love the church this morning is because the church is the place that I found lasting, meaningful, true friendships and relationships. I mean, people who have been there for me. It's taken place in the church. People that have mentored me. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago but uh, one of my best friends on the planet today his name is Jack Loman. We've been friends for 25 26 years now. Jack Loman is a pastor in Portland, Oregon and and it was in the church for the first time in my life that I found somebody that just actually believed in me for being me. You know, not because I went to work, and I could bring something to the table, but somebody who just believed in me. It happened in the church. I found long-term, lifelong godly relationships. Another reason that I love the church this morning is because I discovered in the church that the Bible wasn't just some words written, you know, on a piece of paper long time ago by a bunch of dead guys. I learned that it was in the church that the Word of God is a living, active, powerful force. It has the ability to change not only my life, change the life of other people, and the course of of human history. I learned that in the church. I discovered that in the church. In the church, the church was a place that has been for me through trying times of my life. Both of my parents died at a very young age and it was the church that was there that stood by my family. It was there that the church stood by my mother in the final days of her life. and I mean it was just there. It was her church family. I couldn't believe how much the church was there for her. My father also died at a very young age, before the age of 60, which some of you may seem old, but for me, man, 50s is like just around the corner or something, and that's not too far away. But it was a church that stood there by my father's side. It was the church. It was a church family. Ten years ago, when my wife and I came to this city, we actually were a little over 11 years ago, but ten years ago, my wife contracted cancer. And it was the church that it was the people of God that came alongside and loved us, and was there for us, and brought meals, and prayed for us. So many people prayed. I remember one particular pastor in this city, you know, he called us on the phone, he just prayed over us. And it was the sweetest prayer. It was so powerful. It happened in the church. It happened in the church. It was in the church that I learned that you could live a life of victory and true success. You could learn you. You can live a life of victory. We sing about it, but you don't just have to sing about it. You can actually live it. You can actually live in victory over the enemy, over alienation, over addictions, and you can hold a whole bunch of A's. Depression, discouragement, disease, response. I mean, you can live victoriously. Whatever you're going through in life, it's in the church that you learn how to do this. It's in the church that I learned how to respect, honor, and value women. People of the opposite sex. It didn't happen out in the world. But it was in the church that I learned to value and to honor women in their rightful place in the body of Christ. It was in the church that I learned that people from different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different races, different cultural backgrounds, different ideologies can gather together, can come together for one purpose. And that is to worship and proclaim that Christ is our King it was never about race from the very beginning it was always about the grace of god and i learned that message in the church i discovered i've lived it i've experienced it in the church the church is the place that i have raised my boys but not just me others have come alongside of me people like pastor glenn and natalie and so many in this church family have come alongside and have been there for our family And have been a part of impacting my boy's life. If you're a parent today. And you have young children. I'm telling you right now. Church is not just about attendance. Church is about belonging. Becoming a part. And your children. Your children will have the greatest impact in their life. If you live out and become an active part of what God is doing through your local church. People who just attend church. Their kids never quite get it. But when you start serving. You start giving back. Your kids see that. You bring your children alongside of you. That's when their lives are impacted. And then they can discover God for themselves. They can have an encounter with God for their very own. It was in the church. It's in the church. It's in the church that I've seen the greatest miracles. The greatest miracles. And that is the miracle of transformation. Of changed lives. And that's you. I've seen so many miracles. I've seen so many miracles. So many miracles, people, who were going the wrong direction, whose lives had no meaning, no significance. I've seen so many young people come to faith in Christ, so many families restored, people whose marriages didn't have a chance. But in the church, they found the grace of God. They found the grace of God. So many of us have an idea of what we think our life should be. We call it plan A. And then we come to this reality that we actually live plan B. And most of us are living plan A. I mean plan B. And there was only one who lived plan A. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he's able to take our plan B's. Plan C's and plan D's. And somehow he's able to fold them into this incredible thing that we call the Christian life. And demonstrate that He truly is a God who is slow to anger, full of grace and mercy and help in our time of need. I love the church. I love the church. There's so many people. So many people want to become a Christian, but they don't want to become part of the church. That's an oxymoron. It, It can't be that way. See, it's not about attending a church. It's about becoming the church. Hear me today. It's not about attending a church. Going into a church building will no more change your life than you walking into a garage will make you a car. Just because you walk into this building doesn't mean your life's going to be changed. See, God has done His part. God has done His part for you. God has done His part for me. But we have a part to do in it. We have to make a choice to become the church. To actively engage ourselves in the things that God loves. I love the church. I love the church because Jesus loves the church. I love the church because Jesus loved the church. And the things that Jesus loved, that's what I want to love. And I want you to know today, Jesus loved the church. He gave his life for the church and all of its imperfections and all of its failures and all of your failures and all of your imperfections because you are the church. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves this church. Jesus loves every church and this community that tells his wonderful name and the awesome story of his amazing grace. Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves it. Therefore, I love the church. I want to give you four ways this morning. Four ways that demonstrate that you love the church. Four ways that demonstrate that you love the church. you got to write these down. The first one this morning is, the church is the place where you can learn to express your love for God. The church is the place that you can learn to express your love for God. You know what we call this? Worship. We call this worship. Psalms chapter 95. I love this psalm. It says it like this. Oh, come let us worship. Everyone say worship. Oh come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the God, our God, our Lord, our maker. Worship. The very reason that you were created to be on this planet, you were created by God to be a worshiper, and you will worship something or someone. Everyone worships. Everyone has an expression of worship. If you're an atheist, you worship yourself. If you're an atheist today, and there's probably no atheist in this room, or you wouldn't be in there, but there could be someone here who says they don't believe in God. I don't know. Atheists, the highest form of their worship is self-worship, because they're the sum total of this life. Everything is about them: self-achievement, self-realization, self-actualization. I mean, it's all about self. For the atheists, that's the best it can get: is them, me, myself, and I. That's it, and it's what our culture is driven by: the image of self, fulfilling self. My needs, my wants, everything's about me. It's all about me, it's self-worship. And the people worship all kinds of silly things. They worship silly things like superstars and idols, and movie stars and TV stars. I don't know about you guys, man, but I mean, there's this lady today. She's really famous. Her name is Lady Gaga. I like Lady Gaga. I mean, she's like really, she's like weird. Come on, she's weird. I mean, isn't it strange that people say Christians are weird? And then like the most famous woman in the world right now, she produces more income. I mean, you know, she's really famous. She goes to some kind of award ceremony wearing this outfit of meat. Now that's not weird. Come on, is that weird? Everyone say weird. weird. That's weird. And the weirder they get the like the more people are like, oh she's so cool. I want to be just like her. Like, oh my goodness. We worship superstars and sports stars, all these things because of their fame and notoriety. And then shoo, the one thing you know, you know, Justin Bieber, it's today. And, and then backyard boys and backstreet boys and back home boys and left behind boys, you know, and all these. I mean, they're here today and gone tomorrow. And for a moment of time, they've got this infamy and fame. And in our culture, we make them idols and superstars. People worship them. People worship popular culture. But as a church... We have been created by God to worship not self, not silly stuff, not superstars. We have been created to worship the Savior, and His name is Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. We've been created to worship Jesus. You know, there's two ways that you worship Jesus this morning. You worship Jesus in truth. John 4, 24, Jesus said, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in... In spirit and in? It's not just enough to sing about Him. It's not just enough to sing about Jesus. You must live your life for Jesus. You worship Jesus in truth, but you also worship Him in total devotion. Total devotion. We don't separate our lives into different compartments. Yes, we worship Him on Sundays, and that's an expression of worship when we sing, and we, you know, maybe dance around a little bit, or clap our hands, and some people... We lift our hands and all these things. Those are forms of worship. But Worship goes way beyond that. It's a total devotion of your heart to the king. I call it total surrender. Totally yielding to him. Totally giving everything to him. That's true worship. And that's what God wants. He wants total devotion. Not total perfection. You'll never be completely perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. And everyone said amen. Amen. So we all fall short. But we are totally devoted to Christ our king. You now, here's the bottom line in worship. The bottom line in worship is this this is the truth. It prepares you to live your life fully for God and to succeed in the journey of which you are called. That's what worship does. Worship prepares you for true success. Think about it. Think about it. Matthew chapter 4 Jesus is being tempted by the devil to do a bunch of stupid stuff. And the final thing he says to the devil, he says, Away from me, devil. Thou shalt worship no other God but the Lord God himself. Thou shalt have no other gods. Thou shalt worship only God himself. That positioned Jesus, that that very act, that very moment, positioned Jesus for success in his life. It was an act of total devotion, total total surrender. It was an act of total worship. And so we kneel, we bow, we clap, we dance, we sing, we give. We go to t- all these things serve. Those are all acts of worship. The greatest act of worship happens when it starts to go outside of this building into your life, to where you work, when you begin to see your work as an act of worship to God. And so many people don't see it that way. it's say, you know, it's collect their paycheck, and my, you know. But no, no, everything we do, we do as an act of worship and glory to bring glory to God. The second thing I want you to see about the church. The church is a place where you can learn how to live for God. We call this discipleship. These are all church words. That's all right. You can get it today. We call this discipleship. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. The word nations, the word nations in the Greek is ethnos. Ethnos. It's the same word that we get ethnicity or ethnic groups from. Jesus said to go into the, all the ethnic groups of the world and make disciples. And then he gives a whole list. Can you put the screen up, the, word, the verse up there for you, please? To make disciples. And he says, teaching them, baptizing, doing all these things, teaching them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given of you. And be sure this, I am with you even till the ends of the age. He's promised he's with us. He wants us to do the things that he's commanded us to do. That's what a disciple does. The word disciple means to be learner, a learner. One who is a learner. Not just a learner, but the understanding here is that one is an imitator of the one who's teaching them. You become an imitator of Jesus Christ. An imitator. An imitator of Jesus. That's what a disciple does. disciple becomes an imitator of Jesus. You see, living for God means I discover the way that God's designed me and created me so that I can use those gifts. I can use those gifts to serve other people. Jesus, I I did not come to be served, but to serve. The disciples that Jesus called, they were all very young guys, 18, 19, 20, 21, and none of them believed that they could do what Jesus believed that they could do. Jesus believed in them. Jesus believed in a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21 year old men. They weren't old farts with big beards and turbans on top of their head when Jesus called them. No, no, no. They were 18, 19. They were crass. They were brash. They hadn't been trained. They were tax collectors and fishermen. They were people. that were just common people of the day. And Jesus believed in them. Jesus saw something in them. And Jesus sees something in you. And he believes in you. And there's gifts and abilities that the Holy Spirit has given to you that God wants to use. And that's exactly what happened to the disciples. Because he believed them and he modeled for them. They became not just learners, but they became imitators. And what did Jesus do? Jesus told people the good news. Jesus told people, hey, you know what? You know what good news means? Good news means what? You know what it means? Good news. So <laughs> oh, come on. Good news means. Good news. That's what it means. How does a disciple live? A disciple discovers the way God's created them. Living for God, honestly. Discipleship is all about how we live our relationships for God to honor God and other people. Our families first, our friends, fellow believers in the body of Christ, and ultimately in a fallen world. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's separated, far from God. Doesn't know God. At least not the God of the Bible. Not the God who's revealed himself through his son. So we're called to be disciples. Living for God means I love the things that God loves. I love the things that God loves. And God loves the truth. And the truth is the church. The church. Not a building. Not a 501c3 organization. Not a club. Not a denomination. But the church. The church. A group of called out people who gathered together for the common purpose of worshiping and glorifying God. And making his name known in their generation. That's what the church is. That's what Jesus died for. And that's what Jesus uses to continue this mission in our generation. At City Church, from the youngest to the oldest, we have a plan to help you become a disciple. A learner and an imitator of Jesus. For the adults, we have class and the class and member and Wednesday night classes and Celebrate recovery. For the youth, we have a class called Life Change and Fire Institute and a summer intern program. And we have the class that many of you are going to be part of in a couple of weeks. And for the children, we have Royal Rangers and Missionettes and Junior Bible Quiz and Sunday morning, small groups and all these kinds of things. And we have a Junior Bible Quiz ministry here. Our kids, these little kids, I memorized the Bible. three In the last three years, they've competed against over 3,000 teams. And they've ended up in the top fifty of 3,000 teams in America come on give God a great big hand we're committed to making disciples you see families healthy families have deep convictions and we have a deep conviction that we are called to become learners and practitioners of the things that Jesus did we have a deep conviction if your family is going to be successful your family is going to have to have some deep convictions not only about what you don't do but about what you do do and if you're a parent today, what you do do, whether your kids like it or not, is you bring your kids to church. And it wasn't an option in my family. And let me tell you, when I didn't serve God, I didn't know God, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Well, I was drugged to church. I was, I was made to go to church. You see, whenever my life got all haywire and sideways and cattywampas, and wasn't making any sense. It was the Holy Spirit of God that drew me back to that reality. There's a place, a group of people that love God and are worshipers of Him. And my life could be different. You see, as a family today, it's not just what you, as a church, it ain't just what we don't. We don't just smoke, drink, and tea, rah, 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 rah. No, no, it's what we do do. We gather together for the purpose of worshiping God, making His name known. We serve one another. We become disciples. The third thing that I want you to see this morning is that the church is a place where you can face life challenges with your spiritual family. We call this community. Everyone say community. So we got worship, discipleship, community. Paul said that we were strangers, foreigners, citizens, along with all of God's people. We are members of God's holy family, members of God's holy family. There's something powerful of being part of a church community. having friends. You know the Bible says that what friends happen is that in relationships is that iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. In the body of Christ, you have friends. And your friends. It ain't always going to be easy in the church. And this is where the tension comes. Because sometimes relationships go sideways. Relationships can be difficult. Relationships, like Facebook says, is complicated. <laughs> right? Complicated. Relationships can be complicated. But you get into a church family. and People are pursuing God. Learning to love God. And things begin to change in your life. And that sense of community, that sense of oneness, that sense that all for one and one for all, we are part of a family, something bigger than ourselves. You know, I'm, this is our third service. So the first two services, the people that shared their testimony talked about the family dynamic, what happened. A couple of them gone through some really tough things. Sherry Dedder the day after Christmas, her house burned down. And she talked about all the phone calls from people in the church and how they came alongside. The first service, the guy talked about how he went blind at the end of last year. Alan Addison said he went blind. He went from forty, I mean twenty, twenty, thirty to twenty, four hundred to twenty, fourteen hundred in his vision. And he had to get rid of his car and he sold all of his books and completely was going blind. And how the church came alongside of him. He said he had ten offers from people to take him to the grocery store. And Tim, you know, that was amazing. He just said and then people started praying for him, laying hands on his eyes. He said he went to the doctor on January 8th. January 8th, and the doctor told me his vision is 2030. 2030. Come on. What happened? He was part of a spiritual community of people who believed that God still, not steals, still heals. He still heals. Does everybody get healed? No, we don't understand why everybody doesn't get healed. But Alan, for Alan, he can't worry about everybody else. Alan got his healing for Wow what happened it happened in a family of believers people who believed the message see church fellowships before after service all different kinds of ways last thing that I want you to see this morning is church is a place where you can see god work his miracle power in the life of others and we call this evangelism we call this good news Acts chapter 1 verse 8 if you've been in the church you've heard this many times there's a reality to this verse that I believe we're going to see in a new dimension in the coming days we're going to receive a greater gift of God's power of supernatural power in the coming days than we've ever had and we've had God do some incredible things but in the coming weeks coming coming week coming weeks we're going to see this release in our church this word power is the word that we get dynamite from Doing explosive. Something inside of you that's released. It's not your own power. It's not your own ability. It's God's power working through you. And some of you are going to see God work through you like you've never seen before. Some of you, it's going to get rekindled. The passion to share God's good news with other people. It's going to get rekindled in your life. See, Jesus gave a command to go into all the world. It wasn't a suggestion. It was the great command. And we believe a great commitment to the great commission. And the great commandment will build the great church. And the great commandment is to take the good news of Christ to the ends of the earth. Just a couple of weeks. Just a week from this Sunday. We're going to do a drama called Heaven's Gate Sells Flames. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. But I want to tell you the power of the invite. The power of the invitation. The power of you sharing the good news. A friend of mine used to say it like this, it's, it's like this, it's like one beggar who has a piece of bread, and he's sharing that piece of bread with another beggar. You see, without Christ, we're all beggars, and when Christ comes into us now, we have the bread of life. We have the bread of life, and we're not going to find anything else that's ever going to satisfy. It'll never be found in a bottle. And never be found in a bong and never be found in some kind of relationship. You'll be found with the relationship of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a fact. It's a fact. So we have good news. We have good news. And I want to hear you want you to hear the power of the one and what this one is doing to empower others. I want you to welcome Shannon Matias to the city church platform this morning. Can you give <laughs> Shannon a great big hand this morning? Come on over, Shannon. Three times.
2: Three times. Oh,
1: you hung around. Just give, she hung around for three services. You got to give her at least that much. Amen. Shannon, we'll tell us kind of, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to this place, how you came to this local church.
2: Well, I've been in Sanford for quite a few years. I grew up here, left, came back, left again, came back. And I've always attended church, but not this church. I've been here for about two years. Okay. And the way I came to... Tell tell us that story. (laughs) ...start coming here was I teach at Seminole State College. And one of my students, more than two years ago, came to me after class and said, you know, I go to this great church. You ought to come. It's really good. Yeah, okay, right. Well, another time he said it. And he told me about his kids and how they enjoy it. And we talked about our kids. Found out that we have um, kids that were going to the same school. Like, yeah, okay. Well, he kept asking and kept asking. And this is Kenny Hallam that I'm talking about. Mom,
1: where's Kenny? Give Kenny a big hand. Amen.
2: So I teach two levels of algebra at the college. And he was taking the first level with me that semester. And then the next semester, he moved up to the next level with me. So I had not come to church yet. So he, he, he kept after me. He would not let me say no. So finally, about midway through the semester, I talked to my girls about it. I may have talked to them earlier and suggested it, and they were like, yeah, Mom, right.
1: So your, your daughters didn't want to come to church? No,
2: they didn't want to come here, no. I see. They, they I were think going... I see. Oh,
1: there they are. They're over there. Awesome second row.
2: They were attending a church, but they didn't want to come here. Until one day, we were driving through the neighborhood with a friend of theirs who's sitting with them right now, and she said, that's my church. I go there. It's great. You should try it sometime. And so after that, they said, well, Mom, maybe we ought to try it. So we did, and it's been wonderful. We haven't stopped. It's it's been almost two years.
1: tell Tell us what's happened in your family. Tell us in your family what's happened.
2: So I have seen a drastic change in my daughter's this church has brought our family closer together it has broadened our horizons it has brought us closer to God and it has definitely brought my daughters closer to God and they love this church it's doing wonderful things in their lives and I believe that God is working through them to reach out to other people to other teens it's been wonderful
1: so now you're a teacher at, at Seminole, at I'm, Seminole yeah. tell us about that experience of what, what are you doing now to share the good news with others
2: well I've been teaching for about 10 years and When I started first coming to this church, and I started... Had you been doing this before? Doing what before? Do what you're about ready to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had never shared my religion with any of my students. And I didn't think that I could do it. And I thought, "Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to think. I don't think it's the right thing to do can't do it, can't do it, and then something started moving within me and said, yes, you can, you can do it, it's the, th- it's the thing to do. God has been so good to you, he's blessed you in so many ways, if you could bring just a couple people to this church, it would make a difference for them. So I started mentioning it in my classes, I would write on the board what times we would meet, what special activities were going on at school, and I would talk about it. I might open the class with it or close the class with it and invite people to come. And some of my students have come. When I found out that we were doing this drama and that we had the invite cards and the semester was just starting, I thought, well, I could give those invite cards out to my students. So I was going to staple one to each of the syllabi that I was giving out. And then on Monday, first day of school, Well, last Sunday, I picked up about 100 of those invite cards to give out. So on Monday, when school started, I thought, no, I'm not going to staple these. I'm going to hand them out personally. So I gave each one of my students an invite card and invited them to the church. And I said, I am a devout Christian, and I will from time to time tell you what's going on in my church and invite you to come. And if that offends you, while you're in the right place.
1: Amen. <laughs> Come on. Give Shannon a good hand. Thank you, Shannon. Why I love the church. Because this church has a passion to share the good news of God's love with other people. City Church, we want to create a, what we call a Jesus culture. A Jesus culture. I love that. Just that phrase, a culture. People live fully for God. People are just going for God with all their heart. People are loving God with all their heart. People are loving other people with all their heart. That's just 1995. I met this pastor. You're going to watch a real quick little clip here. God did something in his church through this dramatic production that's going to take place starting next Sunday night. Heaven's gates, hell's flames. Heaven's gates, hell's flames. It's going to be a powerful, dramatic Presentation of God's love for people, and I believe it. many, many people, young and old. I believe so many people. I just, I believe it's going to do something in our church. There's a word that they use there, revival. I believe it's going to spark a renewal, a spiritual renewal and passion, love for Jesus, and the things that Jesus loved. And what did G- What does Jesus love? Jesus loved people that are lost. When there was one sheep that was separated from the shepherd. Jesus said a good shepherd went and got the one sheep Jesus loves lost people and that's the heart of this church and it's going to be like an arrow a focused arrow I believe we're going to see things happen that we've never seen happen and you're going to be part of that miracle you're going to take an invite card you're going to invite it's so simple Friday get my hair cut invited last night at the restaurant steak and shake so simple to invite someone to come it's not complicated your job isn't to get them here but you might have to pick somebody up but your job is just to Make it available. The Holy Spirit will do the work. The Holy Spirit will bring the people that supposed to be here. And you got to be the best. You are the best. I'm challenging you today to do three things this week. Three things. Everyone say three things. Write it out. First thing I'm going to challenge you to do is pray. Everyone say pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that our hearts, we have a heart of total worship and devotion to God, and that we love the things that God loves. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves first, that we have God's heart. Then we're going to pray for this production that's coming up. We're going to pray God's blessing. We're going to pray God use it in a powerful way to change lives. People to experience what you've experienced. Children, youth, adults, grandparents, I don't care. I want you to pray. I ask you to pray this week. Pray every day this week. Next Saturday, this coming Saturday night, we're gonna to gather together. We're gonna to gather together in our hour of prayer. We're gonna pray for this for this presentation. I'm inviting you to come. Don't miss this Saturday night. All day we'll be practicing the drama production that will be taking place and getting ready for the production on Sunday night. I'll pray Saturday night from 5.30 to 6.30. So I'm asking you to pray. Second thing that I'm asking you to do is to serve. To serve. Make yourself the hands of Jesus. Come and imitate become an imitator of jesus serve other people not just inside this building serve people in your work serve people in your school make service 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 of others the priority of your life make it make it the part of your life giving your life away the third thing that i'm going to ask you to do is to give we're going to give not only in touch cards but we're also going to give of our financial resources to put on this production it's going to cost thousands of dollars and it's just what it costs. We're, I mean, it's just what it takes to do a production like this. The equipment and the team that we're bringing in this to train us how to do this. And so I need you to give to help make this happen. It's going to happen. I believe it. And I believe when you give the things that God loves, I believe there's a blessing on it. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Deuteronomy, about giving. It, it says, give generously to Him and do it without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. And everything you put your hand to do. When we give the things that God loves, God blesses. It's the heart of God. I want you to join with me at this church, at this, this city church, this local church, this church that Jesus loves. And I want us to become the expression of Jesus to this city. Because I don't believe it's just going to be revival and Modesto. I believe revival in Sanford. Come on. Let's believe for revival in Sanford in 2011. Just one more person. I believe it will be a lot more than one. But one more will have heaven come to earth in 2011. That's what I believe. Just one more. Just It's about the one. Bringing God's love to the city. One person at a time.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. Benefits of your being a part of the church. Why I love. church with lead pastor eugene smith for service times and more information about city church orlando please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600